0: Hi, everyone. It's Biz, and I'm with Alexi and Sam. On this week's episode, we're doing another Tumblr-era fashion retrospective. So much like our American Apparel episodes, we're focusing on a single brand today and its influences and impacts. And the brand in question is Omighty, Mighty, also known as Om Weekend. Founded in 2012, Omighty Mighty was primarily known for its sassy, slogan-bearing tops that were really just copy and pasted from, like, Sexual, humorous, feminist-y Tumblr text posts and tweets. And if you guys have never seen these shirts before, obviously we're going to give you more info, but we'll also include some links in the show notes so you can get like a visual context.
1: Yeah, these shirts weren't your average graphic tee. They were made out of really minimal fabric. They were like these halter tops and tiny crop tops. Um, some of the notable text-based shirts you may recall include Touch My Butt and Buy Me Pizza, I have no tits
2: and be a slut. Do whatever you want. So true. <laughs> <laughs> but their earlier designs were a bit more slim- simplistic. Uh, they started off making really meme clothes like tie-dye shirts with a picture of a taco and text reading Taco Bay or a <laughs> mini skirt featuring little cutouts of Drake's head basically BuzzFeed shit, um, but with time, they moved into sexual feminist slogans, which which is really what their bread and butter turned out to be. They were described by Bustle as an online shop specializing in clothing that can only be described as both post-Tumblr and post-Hot Topic. And I think on that note, it'd be good to kind of describe the type of woman or girl that <laughs> wore. <laughs> oh, mighty. Um, First of all, she definitely
1: smokes weed, and she calls it kush.
2: She's obsessed with hotboxing, her room yeah, and her, yeah. her core. She probably sells weed and or psychedelics. Mm-hmm.
1: And she probably smokes out of a bong. I feel like this era is synonymous with bong smoking. <laughs> Gravity
2: bong. It was oh. like the girl that taught you to smoke out of an apple or like a can in high school. <laughs> yeah.
1: The wisdom that that...
2: I know. (laughs) (laughs) She definitely has cavities, but like not because she's
0: like doesn't have money to go to the dentist, but because she doesn't brush her teeth. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And
1: she eats a lot of sour candy or something. Yeah, but she's kind of this represents like a post-emo type of vibe to me. It's like after you go through your dark and depressing era, you have kind of like a euphoric phase. This is like everyone's collective manic upswing where you started just smoking weed and doing psychedelics instead of being alone and being emo. And it was self-destructive, but not in, like, a self-harm way, but in, like, a fun party, 2010s kind of way.
2: Yeah, like a nihilistic, indulgent moment. Mm -hmm. It's also, like, I feel like scene girls really found their home at the end of the 2010s in one of two places. It was either, like, being a stoner girl that, like, makes nickelodeon her whole personality or being like a shuffling festival going like edm girl Mm -hmm. who wears like silver lipstick and like holographic like circle alien glasses Mm -hmm. and pvc plastic skirts pvc backpack space buns yeah exactly another thing a lot of these girls
0: had was piercings Specifically, nipple piercings, crusty nipple piercings, and uh, septum rings that had like opals on them. Lots of ear piercings as well,
2: like those like uh, industrial piercings <laughs> and, like, piercing. Tragus piercing, yeah, tragus, yeah. Like you had to have as many piercings as possible, or you were a piercing artist. Um, I feel like it's kind of funny because I f- like something that really um, epitomizes this aesthetic is Grimes's a. Ap- is it Genesis her music video it's Genesis with Brooke Candy yeah and Brooke mm-hmm. Candy was like an icon of this aesthetic and she ended up becoming a tattoo artist which really is the logical conclusion because it I think this whole thing it has an ideology to it and it's wearing your ideology on your sleeve so so true that's very I think it makes a lot of sense
1: Yeah, but none of them had huge tattoos, because I feel like that's too similar to being actually emo or alt, the old wave of alt. They Mm -hmm. all just had, like, basically stickers, like, stick-and-poke stickers of, like, a little sun, a tiny moon, a piece of pizza. Honestly, I think there was a weird fascination with trash around this time. Like, people would always be like, I'm trash, Um, but also men are trash. But also pizza rat was a big thing. There was a cultural trashiness, this undercurrent of, I don't even know what to call it.
2: It was like um, self-awareness that was like pessimistic. It's like mm-hmm. how you were talking about how it's like a form of self-harm, even though it's not necessarily as dark as the emo self-harm. It's like a like, it's self-indulgent type of self-harm.
0: Mm-hmm. Another huge influence on this overall aesthetic and the almighty girl was the aesthetic known as C-Punk, which was pretty big online in the 2010s for a period. It was kind of like, I would call it vaporwave for girls, but actual C-Punk people would probably not agree with me. Big names in that include... (laughs) Like, Azalea Banks, Brooke Candy, Grimes, Nick, Nikki Takesh. And I actually dug up this great little tweet from New Models King, little internet, that apparently is the, like the genesis of the word C-Punk, which is um, from June 2011 at 4.50am, little internet <laughs> tweeted... Seapunk leather jacket with barnacles where
2: the studs used to be. It didn't make a lot of sense because a lot of the outfits, Seapunk outfits had nothing to do with oceans. It was just like you had blue hair. Mm -hmm. There was like no real nautical. I mean, Azalea Banks kind of did like us, like really took the Seapunk aesthetic to, or made it look like it was actually ocean themed, but everybody else was just kind of like a raver kid.
1: It was more about the color scheme, I feel like. The turquoise, the weird... It's like oil spill water. The holographic (laughs) kind of...
0: Yeah.
1: Vaporwave was also like that, you know, like the 90s solo cup. And yeah, the combination of turquoise and purple was at a stronghold on this point. But the barnacle thing is really interesting to me because I feel like that somehow connects to the trashiness of this time. That is so true. And... I don't know they had a very weird relationship to time because it was an aesthetic that was futuristic but also nostalgic reminds me of mark fisher's the slow cancellation of the future yeah
2: we're going to atlantis to escape
1: yeah um, we're like going to atlanta where the adult swim headquarters are (laughs) (laughs) they're basically the same there's a really good episode of futurama where they're like a thousand years in the future and they think they find atlantis but this like piece of seaweed moves, and it's actually just Atlanta, and all of the people are like <laughs> mutant mer- t- mermaids because all of the like the Coke factory leaked radiation into the water, and like they. Have oh There's actually
0: an amazing aquarium in Atlanta as well. They have whale sharks.
1: Atlanta is so seapunk.
0: Atlanta is super seapunk.
1: They have a really like, I think it's the Adult Swim headquarters, and the fact that Cartoon Network is also there.
0: Yeah, it is there. I saw I saw the Cartoon Network headquarters the other day, but not from the inside. Uh, I feel like for a while it was kind of like Adult Swim BF, like Oh Mighty GF, but I also might be thinking just more like, what's that show called? Rick and Morty BF, like, Oh Mighty GF. Because I know this Rick girl from college. <laughs> she made like an Oh Mighty style halter crop top. And then I think there was some like really famous copy pasta from rick and morty and she put it on the was oh, so it the ones like the, you have to
1: have a certain iq to
0: yes yeah enjoy
1: rick and morty and oh.
0: then she put it on the sh- on the halter top crop top and wore it with like a skater skirt and like a ball gag not a ball
2: guy choker, but like the O choker
1: yeah that's a zeitgeist that's a
2: zeitgeist. that was a thing yeah seapunk was really a precursor to like all of these archetypes of people like it really like set the foundations for vaporwave and like i feel like vaporwave was more seapunk than seapunk personally
0: which one came first i honestly don't even know vaporwave was more seapunk than seapunk
2: i think i just don't think
0: seapunk was ever as well defined i feel like vaporwave had like motifs that were so recognizable it was also a great foundation for being a slut because that was the ideology at hand mm-hmm.
1: why is everyone so obsessed with the yin yang
0: Oh, that's... That, like, weirdly came back with on Basic and the Paloma Wool
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yin-yang.
0: But, I mean, the yin-yang obsession was very much tied into the sea punk obsession with, like, I guess, Eastern spirituality or something and wearing bendies. It's such an... I think it's so representative of the internet because it
1: kind of cherry-picks these really weird elements of time and space. Like there's the Eastern religion thing. There's the bindis. There's the weird neoclassical motifs, and also the fact that they're obsessed with tacos and and the eighties.
2: The psychedelic thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like the drug culture of like everyone's doing Molly and like finding like Nirvana at like a festival. Like, yeah. I feel like yoga girls ended up emerging from oh mighty as well like a certain type of like hula hoop yoga girl they were baddies uh, oh my, yeah, should make always. some yoga pants they should
1: now what happened to stuff with sayings on the butt like the sayings just migrated up and around
0: asses st- got too round and fat they're not flat like a billboard yeah you anymore, can't read so they anything can't- <laughs> Like, if you have big boobs and you wear one of those shirts with text on it, it's literally like distorts every single (laughs) letter.
1: It makes it like word art, like the word art effect that's like popping out at you. But I feel like a lot of those girls had really small to non existent boobs with nipple
0: piercings.
2: Yeah. The I Have No Tits shirt was like very. You had to be like stick thin. You Um, did, but then also
0: some girls that like had B cups or larger would wear it. And that was just. Mm just seeking compliments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they always wear
2: bindies for some reason. Well, that that's one thing that's interesting, too, is, like, I remember, like, with the cultural appropriation thing, the first wave of, like, Oh Mighty style clothing was worn by people like Kreshawn, Brooke Candy, Little Debbie. And then there was, like, a second wave whenever Miley Cyrus picked it up. And the panic surrounding We Can't Stop was, like, Zeitgeist shifting akin to like the Blurred Lines Robin Thicke music video. Um, whereas like Robin Thicke's music video kind of created like a lot of like feminist discourse and brought it into the mainstream. Banger's era, Miley Cyrus, like really brought in cultural appropriation into the mainstream. And that's very hand in hand. about 2013.
0: I think this was this era was kind of building a before, obviously, because she stole her shtick from lesser known female artists.
1: That's true. And I think Miley Cyrus, that era, was definitely a conversation starter for cultural appropriation, but it also was a conversation starter for the almighty slogan, be a slut, do whatever you want, because that was, like, her whole defense in the court of public opinion. Oh my god, I'm looking really gonna kill these people. It sounds
0: like you're in one of those YouTube videos that's like, Billie Eilish is all I ever wanted, but you're in the bathroom at a party.
1: <laughs> literally nymphed alumni but you're in my apartment what else oh i was gonna say about seapunk i think the thing that made it seapunk i think was the form of the clothes was always kind of slutty <laughs> so it had a tropical air to it like you couldn't pull off seapunk in a wintry way like you couldn't really be fully clothed that wasn't that kind of a point though
0: wait i kind of want to read this really good vice quote from back in the day it's kind of long do you guys mind if i read it
1: yeah, I'll go ahead. It first
0: raised its colored head in early 2011 alongside a musical genre of the same name, which is pretty hard to define unlike its visual counterpart. You'll know seapunk via the trend for multicolored mermaid hair left grungy as if coughed up on a beach after a storm, accompanied by a taste for spacey new age graphics and inspirational postcards covered in dolphins. And then something about how Sikh punk kids are nostalgic for the recent past, the 2000s and 90s, and video games and such. This is a great point. These people don't acknowledge a time before the internet. They're ultra creative and emotional in a bedroomy kind of way. Because via the World Wide Web, they can reach the entire planet without leaving their house. And even when they're out IRL, they're cushioned by online affirmation.
1: God, this is such good early early millennial copy like if I were to see something alluding to this in an ad I would think it was really corny but I think for that time the sentiment did feel quite refreshing yeah, that was
2: some succulent writing that's what's kind of funny too is like it was kind of the millennial version of Y2K revival because like it did like the futuristic almost like xenon girl of the 21st century like all of the holographic bullshit like no, it wasn't bullshit I liked it but like <sighs> I
0: literally just realized when you were saying that that there, yeah, there has already been a Y2K revival in recent history, but it was actual Y2K, so xenon space age futuristic mm-hmm. stuff, not the McBling Y2K. Thanks, Sam.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, and then um, that was also part of the vaporwave stuff. I mean, that was maybe more '90s, like internet 1.0, like uh, which notably Om um, Almighty had a. Web 1.0
0: website that kind of built into their idea of them being like super integrated into this online culture.
1: Yeah, they had a lot of rotating GIFs and weird banners and like repeating patterns. It was very Web 1.0.
2: Yeah, they really liked like the word art, Microsoft Word, word art stuff. Also, you know, there was it was like during the wave of all of those websites doing the same thing. Pre-Vaporwave, like, Shop Jean, Dolls Kill, Unif was kind of adjacent. I, I wish I knew who did those um, leggings, the fish scale leggings, like the green ones oh my God. that everybody had. I
1: think there was a brand called Black Milk that had, they were like the leggings version of Oh Mighty. They kind of invented galaxy leggings. I also I think. feel
0: like they were almost like the abstract, nerdier version of Oh Mighty because Oh Mighty was super punchy and Black Milk would print like the map from the beginning of the Lord of the Rings books on like a Bodycon <laughs> skirt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this technology was available before then, but you would seriously be led to believe that. In this era, people just learned how to print digital images on cloth because they really went crazy with that feature. It was like, I just remember thinking it was very novel that any graphic or photo I saw on Tumblr could be materialized into an object and sent to my house. And it just made my digital life feel a lot more real. But I think it also did open another portal of people thinking that curating images and putting them on these like super stock garments like a random t-shirt or a pair of leggings was equivalent to being a fashion designer so it opened up like a merch hole to hell
2: now and the people that pioneered this really started to make bank like this trend was very caught on very early on by like people who were just like on tumblr like Mm -hmm. Erin jean was that her name the shop jean girl and stuff you could make a lot of money just, like, printing. It's so cheap to screen print the face of, like, Drake crying or whatever, <laughs> like, onto your little mm-hmm. mini skirt. And what's funny is, like, like all of these clothes just ended up at Target. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Like, I remember being really mad whenever Target started selling Galaxy Pizza Cat stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: At some point in the mid-2010s, this became almost, like, the number one thing Forever 21 was parodied and criticized for. It was having like shirts that say, like, every morning I wake up and eat six tacos and...
1: Yeah. Forever 21 I think was funny because it wouldn't just be on a t-shirt. It would be on, like, a crocheted denim jacket. So it was just a really weird combination of <laughs> these graphics on, like, actual designed garments. I don't know how much you can call them designed, but... Yeah, I think really what led to this was the democratization of photo editing tools like everyone suddenly became aware of how to make a png or make something with a transparent background because these became part of the toolkit of blogging like all of the tumblr blogs that mm-hmm. were dedicated to aggregating these transparents and you know cutouts of flower crowns created this kind of collage aesthetic that made it so easy to put together these elements in a way that was very rebloggable.
0: Yeah, it was also during the rookie era so kind of
1: like
0: 90s feminist collaging was very in style and a lot of what you're speaking about was inspired by that.
1: Yeah, I think the whole stick and pokes thing that you mentioned earlier, Sam, that seems like a direct result of the prominence of stickers. Like, people would literally just have a random alien and then like a sunglasses emoji and they literally stickerified their bodies.
2: Yeah, yeah like it, that's like the millennial ethos, interestingly, is like being as, as explicit as possible about everything you're thinking about <laughs> confessional culture. Like you have to like write everything out in at like a third grade reading level for everybody to understand your personality needs to be easily algorithmified. Yeah. Like it's just being extremely explicit
1: maybe this is the same thing, but I think millennial culture is just very hyperbolic. And I think this has to do with being on the internet. Like you can't just like tacos. You have to be literally obsessed with them and like want to eat them 20 times a day. It's like, if you watch most like vloggers, even James Charles, who, as you might know, I've like seen every single one of his videos. Cause I'm insane. He also has this pathos. That's just like, he cannot have, a. Uh, an ambivalence about something like he has to either be literally obsessed with it or like i fucking hate this so much
0: oh god the whole brand was was predicated on like being precocious even in your apathy like it wasn't enough to be over everything or quote unquote simply not you have to declare it to everyone via your crop top and like make it everyone else's problem
1: The craziest thing about this time, there's this gastronomical obsession that people have with the most obese foods and you guys know I'm like mentally obese and I have a very obese appetite that like never stops like I really like pizza, Nutella and burgers and stuff but the contrast of that and the oh mighty kind of role model girls like Joanna Kuchta was always wearing them they were all stick thin
2: Mm Mm-hmm. It's interesting you brought up self-harm, and I, this might be too much of a leap, but like a very galaxy-brained thing, but I feel like it's like such a harm, it's, it's promoting promoting the most unhealthy and harmful lifestyle as possible, and you're just like indulging in it.
0: Yeah, it's like you're being obsessed with drugs, but then you're also obsessed with pizza, bacon, Nutella. Well,
2: it's so.
1: because everyone had munchies. <laughs>
0: mm, that's so true. I used to make these diabolical concoctions, and it felt somehow aesthetic, versus now I would not want to tell anyone
1: about that yeah it was aesthetic to eat a pizza like I just remember yeah it was definitely a vibe I would like take pictures eating pizza like
0: I have something to confess but I really don't know if I can confess it please confess Uh, it I really don't know if I can confess it okay so I gave myself a (laughs) stick and poke of on the bottom of my (laughs) when I was in high school (laughs) And obviously it didn't last because that doesn't, don't know how tattoos work. They like, literally, I also like didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but I think it's also really ha- hard to have like a tattoo loss on the bottom of your foot. But yeah, that, I like might have to edit that out.
1: I don't know. <laughs> no, that. It's not there let anymore. the people know our history.
2: <laughs> no, at this point in time, like I desperately wanted to get like something tattooed on the inside of my lip.
0: Kendall Jenner had a inner lip tattoo. I gotta know what it said. Googling right now. A lot of
1: them are really subversive. Like they would say, fuck you
0: or...
2: Hers said, meow. That is so Uh almighty. No, that's like a TJ Maxx at this point.
1: (laughs) You could buy that lip tattoo at TJ Maxx right now.
2: Okay, she also
0: got it super (laughs) late. Got it in 2016 and had it in 2018. Like it's still there. (laughs)
1: I like that for her, dude. She's so cheeky. I love her. Yeah,
0: I like how she always says that she's like a horse <laughs> or a dog or, like, I don't know. I like when she goes into her animal girl spirals. Yeah,
1: because she thinks she's too awkward to be a human. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts. I have this idea about this aesthetic overall, the Oh Mighty aesthetic, that I feel like it's mostly characterized by the juxtaposition of good vibes, quote-unquote. So, like, rainbows, bright colors, psychedelia, and also this kawaii influence, and edgy vibes. So, like, the pessimism, drug use, and overall delinquency. And also there was, this was around the time that the term basic bitch, I think, was popularized. And Oh had some subversive shirts about people being basic bitches, I don't know. But this juxtaposition is so coming of age to me because you still have this strong attachment to things that are whimsical and cute, but you're also trying so hard to be mature. Like the whole enterprise has the vibes of like learning every swear word in the book and saying all of them at once.
2: No, I like love that you pointed this out because it really, that combination is literally just nihilism. Like it's just like, you know, it's like the mixture of like pleasure with a complete performative mm-hmm. pessimism and i feel like that was totally like promoted around the time and it really like fucked with millennials heads i think god bless yeah. i have
0: a personal story to share once again uh about how this performative pessimism was channeled through my own teenage body almighty had one of their famous crop tops and this one said No fuckboys allowed. Fuckboys with a Z. And much like the term basic bitch, fuckboy was also new to the... I wanted to say... Why did I just say dialectic? Like, no. The (laughs) the vernacular. (laughs) Like, the youth vernacular. And I was going to Bonner, which is a music festival in Tennessee, one summer in high school. And I really wanted that shirt. But I was also in my, like, DIY phase, which was kind of very rookie of me to be like oh i can make it myself i can make that shirt myself <laughs> so i got a favor 21 like washed out red crop top very fuzzy, and some iron-on gold letters from the craft store and made a no fuck boys allowed shirt myself wore it to bonnaroo got a lot of comments on it a lot of feedback and these guys these teenage boys they were camping next to me were like oh my god your shirt is so funny can i take a picture with you can we take a picture with you and I was like, mm, sure, boys. But that, I feel like, is such a good representation of the uh, the multitudes this type of fashion contained. Because my shirt, they said, like, no fuck boys allowed. Like, leave me alone. But I was, like, so flattered that these boys wanted to take a photo with me for their <laughs> friends back home. And <laughs> that's it. That's all. I ha- that's, yep, yeah, that's it.
1: That's so crazy. I feel like, honestly, a lot of the shirts did intentionally use, like, iron-on-letter font. That weird kind of fridge magnet, like, bubble letter style. It's really commendable that you diy it.
0: All the letters peeled off, uh, but I guess people were still able to read it. I want to talk about... I don't know if this is interesting to you guys, but the absolute mystery behind this brand is very compelling to me personally.
1: Yeah, if anyone... If anyone has seen them recently, they literally turned into like an Arabic vibe. <laughs> but we can talk about that later. Actually,
0: yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about their Arabic fontology later. But something that I think made this brand really alluring to me as a teenager, and I think to other people, was that their origins were so mysterious. No one knew what their name was. They still don't know if it's Um Weekend or Almighty. No one knows. The fa- they're based in Singapore which kind of makes sense because I feel like Asian brands were the first to understand like how much profit could be made by selling Tumblr culture and internet culture. But there's literally no information about them online. All I can find is their like trademark company, which is in a language I don't know. So I'm not going to read it. And the only bio I can find is from the essence brand listing page that says, Almighty oh, began in 2012 as an Instagram account that sold handcrafted bootleg fashion. So the point of me giving you that history is like, um, who are they? And why are they so good at this? And it was just someone that was really good at picking up at internet trends, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's literally little internet.
1: I don't think they were that good at picking up on trends. I mean, it's just like literally someone's Tumblr, but you print out everything that's on it which is something that I was really enthused by, as I mentioned before, but I think like Sam, you already mentioned word art. And I think the word art Renaissance was based on this early computer aesthetic nostalgia, but there's this really interesting lineage to me of like the Tumblr text posts, which they're very short and snappy, even though they don't have to be. And then, you know, if you had an aesthetic blog you didn't want text posts interfering with your layout so you would only reblog like the visualized version of a text post so it would be like the word art or the like rotating text or some kind of kawaii visual that had text on it but then I think oh realized the viral potential of just putting that on a shirt because it's like if you want to reblog it just as a flat image sure but when it becomes, like, a photograph in the real world that's on a skinny girl with huge tits' body, the text post becomes so much more meaningful and aesthetically powerful.
0: Yeah, like, the body is a vector for influence.
2: A literal vector, yeah. No, I mean, I think this is also, like, the first era of, like, the idea that, like, being really online makes you kind of alternative. Whereas, like, before the internet was for, like... Back in the day when I was growing up, like, if you had online friends, you were, like, a loser. Like, it was, like, so – and now it's, like, everybody has met – have, like, lo- lifelong online friends that they met on, like
0: – Literally everyone I know has, like, spit-swapped with someone from the internet.
2: Yeah. 20 times at least. Yeah. I feel like most people have friends from, like – what is that – Um, I, I don't know why I'm blanking on this. That website – no, that website where, like – Oh, Chat Roulet. I feel like everyone has like a friend that they met on Chat Roulet when they were like twelve. And they've just like have known them for their entire lives. I don't know if they've that's just been like being groomed for <laughs> ten years <Yeah>. now.
1: <laughs> I used this really weird website called Karma Chat that got shut down, but all of the like icons that you could use, I remember they were just really seen. They were like Invader Zim or a pedo Bear, if you remember him, or Domo. And so the crowd on there was just really edgy but yeah i do miss the time when this kind of humor if it can even be called that really did feel so alt but now it's like do you guys know fuck dairy like i remember when fuck dairy as an account like just seemed so like different and i was like my friends won't get these dank memes
2: i mean he had the vaporwave like
1: cup yeah he literally thing. had a lean cup as his profile picture and something about the name Jerry, I feel like people were also really into being ironic about, like, dad culture. Like, dad yeah. hats were a huge thing. And I think there was a kind of 90s... Oh my god, did you hear that?
0: Yeah, it sounded like an This avalanche. is scary. It's the thunder.
1: 90s dad dressing was a thing. I think like, dad sneakers and socks and high-waisted shorts and a graphic tee was a huge vibe.
0: On... Um- the, the trip to Tennessee to go to this music festival I previously mentioned, we stopped at a Walmart and uh, I got myself a dad hat that said literally like D-A-D-D, like dads against daughters dating. <laughs> so I like those things were definitely, like you said, working together.
1: Honestly, it's probably because we're a, a fatherless generation. <laughs> this is the first sign of fatherless behavior.
0: Little internet was our only father.
2: Little internet was our dad. Um, that It's kind of like how Lord... What, was Lord the one that said the internet is my mom? She said the internet raised us, but I remember that being like a text post, like the internet is my mom. Yeah.
1: It, it's also just white trash was... It seems like white trash was a huge vibe because this was around the same time as like Spring Breakers. And I think it's just the leftover like 20... 20- tens, early 2010s, like party aesthetic, which we've already discussed in previous episodes. But that definitely leaks into Omighty oh in a way. But oh Mighty kind of seems like a privatization. It's taking that energy, ordering it online and putting on and putting it on in your room and taking a picture.
2: Well it was when um because O oh Mighty really marks like the transition from like Vice magazine to like BuzzFeed. Like early BuzzFeed was like more like it, I remember when BuzzFeed was, like, actually, like, a fun website. I might have just been, like, a young kid <laughs> yeah. and thought, like, taking quizzes was, like, really fun. I so, to know
1: what type of burger I was and how it was going to affect, like, <laughs> how it was going to affect the type of Disney princess that my, like, future boyfriend would relate to.
2: Um, Did y'all see, that, like, the founder of BuzzFeed, he, like, wrote his, like, thesis, doctoral thesis on, like, Deleuze or whatever? No
1: way. Wait, he sounds odd.
0: Guys, I, like, want to work at BuzzFeed. I don't know why. I just feel like I need to be there right now.
2: You could be one of the Try Guys. Um, yeah, I could be one of the Try Guys,
0: or I don't know what other jobs
2: they have The BuzzFeed lady-like
1: team, they're, like, the ones who did things, like, I tried painting with my period blood. Mm.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That sucks for them. Um. Oh, I want to talk about something that I think was kind of marked the end of the Almighty oh era, which was this shirt that they made called the Directed by Tarantino top <laughs> that said uh directed by Tarantino on it. And if you guys don't know Tarantino is a director
2: <laughs> And I was when you say something
1: like
0: that. <laughs>
2: um well i just people people really don't know though there's like some people i meet
1: you just said directed by tarantino it's like of course he's a director
0: (laughs) um but true anyways back to me (laughs) um but i think this was like the last thing in this legacy before they changed directions and started moving to more of like the style they produce now and this, this shirt was super, super popular. It was kind of when, I don't know, maybe more of the Instagram baddies were getting in on Almighty oh versus these like alt Tumblr girls. Emily Radikowski wore it and just a lot of other female celebrities. And some bustle writer wrote about how she wrote a lot about the gender trouble that this shirt delivered her. But I only have one quote available to me and it says, what does it mean to be a girl in a Tarantino tee in 2019? She's the figure, a figurehead of film bro culture
2: at best, questionable person at least. Just means that it's a woman written by a man is what she's saying. <laughs> oh my god. No, but this was like around the same time when like American Apparel had the Woody Allen t-shirt. And then like, I think like wrote, who was it? Dylan Farrow like had a, a story where she like threw up whenever she saw a guy wearing the Woody Allen shirt in public and like, People were just putting like known known perverts on t-shirts, and other people were very upset about it. Known perverts. (laughs) But like one thing I am confused about is that Forever Twenty One also had a written and directed shirt. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Like I, I just remember seeing it in the store and being like, "Where? Like, why are people wearing this?" Like at this point in time, like text on shirts just became so proliferated that I think like we did we saw like a return to like minimalism um because everyone was like very tired of like the decadent loud noises or loudness of these aesthetics and i feel like
0: tumblr culture this was kind of in the interim period since we're experiencing a revival now but at this point kind of like mid to late 2010s it was really getting dunked on a lot i feel like like Mm -hmm. i feel like accounts like what is it called like soft boy beam me up and stuff And i know that's not tumblr culture but like the whole soft boy phenomenon that it's trying to capture is very much connected to tumblr affects
1: yeah i think the the logical next step after these text-based shirts are the more shop jean style garments that are literally just like blank shirt or hat but it's got one tiny little embroidered peach on it or a milk carton or an egg on it
2: that is still what brand like that's like the go-to for any type of merch at this point like a tiny little avocado avocado yeah that's like really funny because
0: Sam, you are obviously a, a big McLuhan fan and talk about like post literacy and stuff like that a lot. And the peach and sh- emoji, like sh- shirts and hats, seem very post literate. But now we're moving back into this like very text oriented form of streetwear
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: with brands like praying.
2: Well, something I uh, that a quote that has always stuck with me um, from Jeff Schulenberg's podcast, Outsider Theory. He, he Stan. Um, yeah, we love him. He was talking about, he talks about McLuhan often and he, he was talking about him in one episode and, and he said that text has become something else. And that really resonated with me. I think we're creating like a new sort of alphabet or language that comes from like the configuration of all of these like internet slogans and ad speak. And I think everyone has the experience of like whenever you're like typing out something or chatting, like you say things before thinking them
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like send them and reread it. And you're like, oh, shit, like I did think that or just like weird stuff. Like there's something very primitive about online text that I think that early Oh Mighty was like kind of catching on to like that impulse and like creating this like nebulous universe of language and sloganeering. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any deeper thoughts on that those were deep enough queen uh, <laughs> and then also i guess at some point
0: in the later 2010s people started actually this is still emerging now but almighty's was a very specific type of sex positivity and now people are really critical of the whole like like choke me daddy yeah of thing yeah, we need to read some of the more explicit shirts. There was one shirt that was basically just like a dictionary definition of doggy style, but then it has a joke that's like, aha, like it's a position where one participant gets to watch television. Um, another great one is I Bet You Bangs Like a Fairy on Acid, which is the quote from Cassie and Skins. And then what is the one I keep sending this to Everett and I know... Which is, this is the only shirt I have that doesn't have cum on it. Yeah. That's a crazy thing to wear in public.
2: <laughs> no, there's some that it's like, there's I. this is a kind of a paraphrase, but it's like, it's not gross. Like, that's so disgusting unless you're down for it or whatever. Yes.
1: <gasps> there's a picture of that girl, Charlie, Charlie Baker, is that her name? That seems so basic. Joanna
2: Kuchto's friend. friend.
1: Yeah, she's wearing a shirt that just says, your dick's out
2: damn dude yeah. this is also the, the memification of drake started with this like they had it's so many Kanye also
1: shirts.
2: Kanye Tupac too Ugh. like
1: all black people I <laughs> think became cut out heads disembodied
2: and I think it's also really funny that like so many white rappers riff raff Creshawn, Lil yes. Reddy, miley cyrus like, they all loved this brand. And I think that's also why, like, this brand was really behind the first wave of, like, mainstream criticism of c- cultural appropriation. Because mm-hmm. it was definitely, like, rap influenced. Yeah. One thing I did want to bring up is, like, the they had this, like, anime eyes shirt. And it's literally, like, the Ahagao shirt, but with just eyes. Like, it's the same format, the same print, except it's just eyes that are anime. Yeah. That was, like, a precursor to that. But... Yeah, I think everyone got tired of everyone declaring their whorishness on their literal chest. Yeah, it was kind of aggressive and a bit violent. Make eye contact while eating banana.
1: Why did Oh Mighty literally make a shirt that said 1-800-Hotline-Bling? <laughs> like, why did you guys get sued for that?
2: Hotline-Bling was also
0: kind of adjacent to this because, you know, it was like the James Terrell pastels. Gritted room. Hotline-Bling was very vaporwave, extremely. Yeah, it was definitely Drake internalizing Tumblr aesthetics mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, Sam, I want to talk about something that is very close to your heart, which is uh, a lady by the name of Batty Winkle.
2: R.A.P. <sighs> is she dead? No, she, No. she can't but die. But she will be soon. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you should cut that out. That's, like, insensitive. <laughs> That's not that insensitive.
0: But... <laughs> Sam, do you want to describe who Batty Winkle is/slash was?
2: Yeah, just in case we, we lose her in the midst of the editing. Um, uh, <laughs> That's so sad. I know.
1: No, I would feel like it's only
2: our fault. She. I know. Yeah. No. She. Shoot. We're not powerful enough, guys. No. We, we. We. don't have. We haven't tapped into the um, singularity yet. But Batty Winkle was this really old woman who. Um, they, they like, I'm sorry, this is so funny. Like, they just put this old woman in these, like, little tank tops that said, like, be a slut, do whatever you want. And she wore, like, chokers and, like, creepers and alien holographic circle sunglasses. She would
1: pretend to be obsessed with weed.
2: Yeah, she would pretend to be, Yeah, there was no way that woman smoked weed, dude. She would, there's no. My like, favorite
1: picture of her is her, in the, like, full weed bodysuit. Like, it has the like, weed leaves all over it.
2: Oh, God. Dude, and they would put like fake glitter lashes onto her, like little tinsel lashes. And Miley Cyrus ended up like hanging out with her a lot and stuff. Making out with her. Oh my god, did that really happen? <laughs> no, but it would- seems like it would happen.
1: Their whole thing was stealing your man since 1928. Guys, <laughs> Betty Winkle fucked my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Betty
2: Winkle fucked my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> dude, the Almighty should have made that shirt, dude. That would have been, I would have bought that. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, she just, like, would wear really explicit clothing. Was kind of a pioneer of stoner culture in this era. Was famous on Instagram. It was, like, horribly... Her family should not have allowed to do this.
1: It's a literal elder abuse. I'm looking at the picture of her wearing a cheerleading uniform that says THC on it. And it's got, like, oh my God. weed colors. Guys.
0: I have a Batty Winkle update. She's not dead, but she is um, being made to wear Amazon corsets now. That is so wrong.
2: That is evil. That is evil. That is really sad. I mean, you know. I wonder if she's
1: like, um, I wonder if she listens to Girl in Red, if you know what I mean.
0: Alexi, wash your mouth out with (laughs) soap. Damn, this Instagram page is super addictive. Honestly, the juxtaposition between this type of clothing and her
2: like, wrinkly body wow late she's wearing a latex dress here she wears a lot of like two-piece sets a lot of like she's like oh god i'm like looking at photos of her right now and it's like her touching some like hunky man's butt that says badass she's like like surrounded by hunky men she she's over 90 like this woman should not be trend hopping like there is no reason to put this woman in a tweety bird bathing suit (laughs) But she is a baddie. She is a baddie. Yeah, her she's got, like, a really good waist to hip ratio. She's very sculpted. <laughs>
1: I know. God. And I think her face is beautiful if she would stop wearing that garish makeup.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see her smoking a cigarette in this photo. How is she still kicking, dude? Like, that is insane. I
1: bet she's the type of old person that, like, drinks so much Diet Coke and smokes a
2: lot. And, like, has always has, like, a box of, like, Variety potato chips in their kitchen.
1: Yeah. There's just no way she's writing these captions that say, like, gassed up with, like, the tongue <laughs> sticking out emoji.
0: Mm-mm. That actually would be elder abuse if they made her use Instagram captions. And, like, I don't know. That would not be right to do. Yeah.
2: Hey, this um... woman needs
0: to be at bingo. Well, I think she should be... Cut that out. I don't really, what really know what I don't really know what raucous older people do because they definitely exist. A lot of older people have a ton of joie de vivre. Mm-hmm. so I do believe that you know she actually is attracted to something about this style. But I don't know her commitment to the aesthetic doesn't even make sense.
1: Oh, Lisa Frank, we should talk about too. Apparently, Batty Winkle and Lisa Frank met.
2: They and met. Collabed. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. She says,
1: Guess who's coming to Vegas? It's about to be lit tongue emoji. I'm gonna be playing all night long. Like, is that real? She's 91.
2: No. <laughs> but I guess like, we should no. stop just like reading
1: shit off of her account. Okay,
2: but
0: guys, you should go check it out for yourself. You probably already know who she is. Cause I feel like she was one of the kind of early
2: internet icon vibes. It's also like the ideology is like child, like extending your childhood for the rest of your life is kind of it it's like that's why they're all obsessed with like nostalgia cartoons and like getting like rugrats tattoos yeah
1: yeah just as an oh mighty crop top though i think she's in an analogous way a vessel for this type of content and people like to see it in these novel forms like on leggings or through the account of an old person because it's not just enough to like see it in a text post anymore
0: wow that was like a really beautiful comparison Thank you. (laughs) She is
1: a human almighty crop top.
2: Yeah, she is. Well, it's like how you were saying about James Charles and how like there's like this ethos of like you have to operate on these like two extremes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like why can't you guys just like weed normally and not put your grandma in a THC cheerleading uniform?
0: (laughs) Why are you hotboxing your grandma's like beauty parlor? Why are you hotboxing your grandma? I
1: know this kind of reminds me of the. This is a very 2010s moment, the Martha Stewart Snoop Dogg collab.
0: Oh yeah. That kind
1: of also embodies that dichotomy of like wholesomeness and I don't know. This is just another thing. Why were like black men the biggest meme of this time? I to be fair, Drake yeah. was kind of a meme with his whole champagne poppy era, and
0: I feel like Drake kind of knew what he was doing in some ways, like it. You know when he sometimes when he writes lyrics when he writes things about like going to a cheese cheesecake factory he almost had like a prescient about that becoming a tweet yeah so I feel mm-hmm. like he was like aware but yeah the rest of them were really chopped and screwed. He into reminds this me a lot psychoast. of Ezra
1: Koenig. I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like Ezra Koenig for girls who aren't white.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait. I have a point on Ezra Koenig, which is that. His, the popularity of his Twitter account during the 2010s and the cult following it has definitely echoes this, like, obsession with internet culture, and people would, like, cross-stitch his tweets and sell them on Etsy, mm. and it's very much this idea of bringing the internet
2: into your own, you know, making your lush inner world tangible. That That is something that we continue on to this day, is like we're trying to reconcile two completely different universes that have nothing in common, really. Uh, but Kanye was also really popping on Twitter, and I remember those being like crochets to put in like your bathroom. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the thing with uh, cross stitching, to be, to be completely honest, I did embroider Lana Del Rey <laughs> lyrics onto a t-shirt. I think it was be young, be dope, be proud, like an American.
0: Can I have it?
1: Yes, I'll go home and find it. But I think the thing about doing things like that or having like a Kanye tweet cross-stitch pillow in your bathroom or something, it's just like the Almighty Crop Shop and it's just like Batty Winkle. It's just another form for these things to pass through because otherwise they're too ephemeral and they just get lost in mindless scrolling and the sheer mass amount of content.
0: I literally think some people became, like,
2: millionaires off of this crochet tweet boom. I swear to God they did. No, people, that that was, like, everybody's side hustle at one point. It's
1: because millennials were transitioning out of put a bird on it, and they were trying to figure out, like, what to do after. Yeah. Yeah, I remember also whenever I was in boarding school, I used to decorate my door randomly because I was like, people need to know I live here, even though all of our doors had our names on them. But, oh god, I really want to find a picture of this. I did this really detailed hotline bling-themed one that had all these pictures, drawings that I made of Drake, (laughs) these, like, colored pencil drawings. But they also had... And I feel like this image is the essence of this time, the meme of Kermit sipping tea, and he's saying, but that's none of my business. Yep. Oh,
2: yeah. That's it. That's the one. I forgot about it.
1: Why was that literally Drake? Like, why do I associate them so strongly together in my head
2: they're associated one thing i that that reminds me of is like how pepe is like an egregor and how like every era of internet culture that has like leaked into reality has had a frog that is just like looming over its culture yeah interesting i guess almighty is kind of an egregor
0: because they're so mysterious it really does seem like they're from a different dimension um do you guys want to talk about what Oh Mighty is up to today because they are still a successful brand. They are worn by kind of a different set of girls, but definitely still famous. Some of their wearers include Addison Rae, Bella Hadid, Dua Lipa, Ginny from Blackpink. I guess I'll give a description of like what they make now. And then we can also talk about one of our favorite discoveries that we made
1: i feel like they started making like actual garments that weren't just the same stock halter top and t-shirt mm-hmm. you know, they make like strapless like tube tops <laughs> i don't know
0: they like moved away from like text-based stuff to kind of graphic y2k y2k patterns like hibiscus print and uh, avant basic stuff
1: yeah all over prints are the new all over prints are the new graphic to use
2: Yeah, I saw a dress that was, like, a Yayoi Yayoi Kusama-inspired, like, Oh Mighty dress that, like, a bunch of people were wearing on Twitter.
1: But it's also, like, the Gautier impact, that sheer mesh all over.
2: Thing is super flattering. Yeah. And
0: um, I guess I'll introduce the discovery we made, which is that they... Okay, so one thing is that they, like, don't really make that much text-based stuff anymore. The only thing they really have is this, I may be going to hell, but at least my friends will be there. T shirt, which is very much like a 90s zine. What's it called when I really can't remember art art school terminology? Like silkscreen, maybe? Yeah,
1: it just has that. (laughs) I'm looking at a picture of Nessa Barrett wearing it, but yeah, it has that kind of like print media bleeding effect. It's like a poster,
0: punk show in the 90s. But so, you know, they're still doing a little sassy text moment. But they also have transitioned into a very weird Arabic vibe, where they have like these tube tops that say "Almighty" oh on them, but in this
2: Arabic-inspired font. What do you guys think about those? It is true that it's like eerily similar to the Red Scare ISIS T-shirt, and I'm pretty sure, like it, it just doesn't seem like it would not have been inspired by it because it that shirt caused such a ruckus across the internet, and someone at Almighty. Oh which is, like, dedicated to be extreme to being extremely online, probably was, like, dang, like, Ara- Arabic font looks really cool and, like, an edgy it's t-shirt. It's the new Japanese.
1: So. <laughs> Maybe I should say it that. kind of is, though.
2: <laughs>
1: but, yeah, as Vaporwave, or as Japanese was to Vaporwave, where people would just have, like, random Japanese characters and, like, a frowny face that was, like, spinning around <laughs> on stuff, I think Arabic <laughs> is the new like non-roman alphabet language of choice.
0: Yeah, it very much fits this chaotic. They have so many points of reference vibe.
1: now that I just don't even understand. Like there's the Gautier, there's an Emilio Pucci kind of vibe. There's, you know, like 70s carpet kind of prints. There's the coconut girl hibiscus print there are these fake patchwork
0: prints it's like that's what you have to do to make it as an indie brand these days you really have to you really have to glom onto every optically aggressive pattern i feel
1: they're so optically aggressive why are they all like optical illusions
2: that's like the mo of like avant basic yes it's like the hallmark
0: of avant basic
2: crazy little patterns I'm surprised they didn't that Avant Basic hasn't, like, leaned into, like, the Godier, like, Indian thing. But that's probably cultural appropriation. So. Yeah.
0: Wait, what is that reference? I don't know.
2: Because, you know, they had that, like, mesh shirt collection. And mm-hmm. it was, like, like.
1: Like, Hindu religious imagery.
2: Oh. Well, I honestly think that people
0: are about. I think white girls are about to start wearing bindis again. I can feel it. Lily Rose Depp is dating Austin Butler who is famously dating Vanessa Hudgens for 10 years or so. And oh my
1: god, wait, I literally were, like, did the not iconic know that. Co-
0: I, saw an image, I saw an image of them making out in Paris last night um, <sighs> on TikTok, I believe. I saw that. So I just have a bit of a feeling that festival culture is coming back into the zeitgeist and with that I know some bitches are gonna be plopping on a bindi.
1: I just think... Russia, West Asia, like Central Asia is on the come up. I mean, there's the Arabic t shirt, but there's maybe we'll talk about this more at length in the future. But like the Russian bit more aesthetic,
2: yeah. I was about to mention, like, we're moving slowly west from like far east, we're like,
1: literally doing the Silk Road. <laughs> <I know. laughs> We're on the aesthetic Silk Road everyone, <laughs> so just wait until it's like a Venetian time because I'm really about to pop out. Oh my god,
0: yeah, we're going to end up in like Florence and Venice. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. We should become merchants. We should become old school merchant bankers. I actually like was at
1: the Frick Collection the other day and I was kind of really wanting, as I was looking at the r- Northern Renaissance paintings, I was like, why do I want girls to start, like, plucking their hairlines really far back, wearing, I don't know, bleaching their eyelashes so that they're invisible, and, like, having, like, really weak chins and, like, bulbous noses?
0: What is that really, uh, this is the best Northern Renaissance portrait of a girl. It's not Jan van Eyck. Who's the other Jan in that canon, Alexi? Please. Vermeer? Oh, um, no, it's...
2: Are you talking about the girl with the pearl earring?
0: That's no. Not no if I didn't know that, that would be very like um bad of me. I d- Ong,
1: not even though we talked about him recently, he does have a really cute portrait of a girl with a, one really long arm.
0: <laughs> oh, it's okay, I was wrong. It's Roger Roger Vanderweyden. Do you guys know this one? It's like so good. I'm sitting. It's this is so
2: attractive to me. Oh, yeah, dude, this bitch is, looks amazing, like, dramatically beautiful. My mom looks a lot like this woman. My mom, like, people always think she's German because she's, like, six foot two. She's got this giant bottom lip, like, a very strong <laughs> jaw. Like, Wait, this
0: literally looks and- like oomph. Who's <laughs> <laughs> oomph? Like, what oomph in question? Um, okay, you don't have to dox, but...
1: Oh, my gosh, her hair is so... She has tension alopecia, just like Jojo Siwa. Oh
0: yeah she does and i just i love the the wimple she's wearing over her head okay well guys maybe we'll include this portrait so you guys can gaze at it with us since we're ending all of our episodes with like an art history 101 recently but is there anything else you guys wanted to cover
1: no i think i think i'm ready for the oh mighty weekend it's like wednesday
2: oh Oh, um I'm gonna advocate for the return of bandana print, like, black bandana print should make a comeback, which is an oh mighty staple. That reminds me of Princess Pia Mia
0: so much.
1: Oh, I love her. But I want someone to make a flower crown, like, edit of all of us that has, like, little candy hearts over it and, like, little cutouts that say, you're so fucking cute and stuff like that.
0: My friend made me one of those in high school for my birthday and I can't find it anymore. But those collages are so special. I wish people still made those for each other. They're so awesome. If someone makes
2: a polyvore edit of us three, like, rookie, almighty style, (laughs) I will send you a personalized thank you note in the mail, like a little postcard. Yeah. She'll send you whatever you want. I've been wanting to send a thank you note via mail for a long time, so. Um, God bless. (laughs) So as you guys
0: can tell, Alexi is... Really not gonna make it through the night, yeah. so it's probably a
1: good time. <laughs> I sacrificed my up. life force and I gave it to Batty Winkle so she can live another year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's
1: harvesting my youth and also, yeah, my cush.
0: <laughs>
1: Wait, this reminds. Sorry, I was gonna talk about my weed past, but I literally didn't smoke weed, but I was like visually and conceptually such a stoner, like my name on my mom's netflix account is still alexi420 and i also was addicted to playing this mobile game called weed farmer where you had a weed (laughs) farm and you like had all these really sus people come to your house and buy your weed and you'd like update or you'd upgrade your hydroponic rig and stuff i like got in trouble for playing it in school all the time
0: dang dude guys i think we're supposed to start getting into hydroponics and aquaponics right now is what i've been seeing so guys thanks so much for listening to this episode as always you know where to find us we are just uh um an email away
2: what was that bell
0: that's my elevator love cool
2: yeah so um just hit us up whenever whenever y'all... you're ever
0: bored and you ever want to talk
2: yeah our yeah, DMs are elevator. open
0: no you used to call me on myself
1: oh <laughs> okay <laughs> you need to edit that out. <laughs> it sounded so No, rough. no, that. that, that, that. <laughs> I know when our Gmail bling. It can only mean one thing.